0: Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hey everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of the Postpartum Coach podcast. It is currently storming outside and what's today, April 10th. Thank you, Denver. <laughs> oh, we had so many great days of spring and then this storm. But that is how Denver goes. It keeps you guessing. All right. So I'm so, so, so grateful for all the tools that I have as a coach and the tools that I found when I was struggling. And I want you guys to know that I really go deep into thought when I think about what the next episode should be, because I honor your struggles and I was so there. And though my baby right now is 18 months, it's fresh as yesterday. All of the suffering and the sadness and the numbness and just all of it. So today I'm really excited about what I'm going to teach you because I know it will help you guys. One thing that I noticed really added, in hindsight of course, really added to the more pain and suffering for our family when I was in my postpartum struggling was what's called layering emotions, which I had no clue what that was and, and I'm sure a lot of you don't either. I'm going to teach you today about this cognitive habit or tendency in our brain so that you can have one more tool to get your brain to work for you and not against you. This also happens to be the very first lesson, although I'm able to go into more depth and personalize it in a session with my clients. But this happens to be the first thing I like to bring up with my clients who are going through my postpartum recovery coaching program, just because this can be lethal. Lethal. In our inner minds, this layering emotions, which I'm gonna talk about in a moment, to our well-being and our mental stability and and health. So have you ever wondered why we sometimes have this pattern of breaking down, having breakdowns, or maybe it's exploding at somebody? Um, for me it's mostly breakdowns, or even just those bouts of total emotional apathy and numbness whether you want to call that depression, whether it's true depression or whether it's just a phase you're going through or even just one day, it's just the worst. That's probably the worst. And along with probably some physiological factors such as hormone, diet, maybe the amount of sleep you're getting. Um, one reason though we can get to these breaking points emotionally is that we are layering our emotions. So let me show you two examples of what I mean When I say that we layer our emotions, see if either of these sounds familiar. The first is your husband says something and you're bugged by what he said. Okay. Then your son, a little bit later, your son does something he knows he shouldn't do. And you're frustrated by that. You try to keep your calm and you're like, honey, we don't do that. You know, that mom's taught you that, but inside you're really frustrated. You can't believe he just did that again. Right. Then a little bit later in the afternoon, maybe kids are napping. Your mom calls and she brings up that one topic that you really hate it when she brings that up. And you've never really mentioned to her that you hate it, but all of a sudden now you explode on her and just like word vomit all over her. And it's so unlike you, right? So had you not already felt bugged, frustrated, and now your mom says this of course, you're much more on the brink of just this big emotional breaking point. So that is what I call layering emotions. But I want to show you one more example because sometimes it it happens a little bit differently. So the second example is more internal. So that one was more dealing with other people, and this one's more internal. We layer emotions internally, which is just thoughts about our thoughts, about our thoughts, okay, so for example let's say you really don't want to do the laundry. You're feeling dread and you look back on the day and you can kind of see how you've avoided folding these piles of laundry a few times in a few different ways. So then you start to think about the fact that you've avoided this laundry. You're such, I'm such a procrastinator. If I was just more disciplined, right? You're kind of like yelling at yourself in your head. Then you feel like doing laundry even less. And you just want to break out the Ben and Jerry's and sit down and watch Netflix, which you do. You're like, you know, husband's gone. I don't feel like doing this laundry. I'm just going to take a break. Maybe I'll do it later. Watch my Netflix. And after that binge, you're downright disgusted with yourself and the piles of laundry are still staring at you. And you think of how your husband asked you to get it all done. And now you're so overwhelmed with your negative, just self-loathing. Like you're just in this big I call it a spin out, just like a spin about how much you're bugged at yourself and whatever. You just decide to go to bed because it's just too much. So these two examples are just two ways that we layer emotions. What we are definitely not doing when we are layering emotion like this is we're not processing through the emotion and we're not catching, we're not being aware of our mind and what it's doing in those moments. And we're allowing these loops and these spins and these spirals downward um and it really can have a terrible result and effect on us and i mean terrible for example we can talk to ourselves so unkindly and some of us even believe that that's an effective way to get more out of ourselves somehow that completely berating ourselves in our minds is somehow going to help us Show up better. Um, in these patterns of layering emotion, we often end up believing terrible things about ourselves. And the the reason that this is so dangerous to somebody who is, I would say, vulnerable in the sense that you are you're vulnerable as a postpartum mom because your body is still recovering. You've got your hormones that might be out of whack sometimes you're having to produce extra calories every day and everything. You're not getting a lot of sleep. And so our minds are vulnerable in the postpartum period of life. This can be a huge threat. This, the way we talk to ourselves and and not just self-talk, but this specifically, this layering on emotions to where we're judging our own thoughts and we're building up the negative and the negative and the negative. So your only defense is to know how to recognize and stop your brain from doing this. And I want to say specifically when it's the self-talk piece, you know, the second example, when you're judging yourself for being judgy or whatever it is, like it's thought upon thought upon thought and it's negative, negative, negative. The reason that's the most dangerous is because unlike the first example, where maybe when we talk to our mom on the phone and we explode at her, she says something like, wow, honey, have you had a hard day? Right? She kind of snaps us out of it. Well, when it's just us in our own minds, there's nobody there to snap us out of it, to call us out on our thoughts. Unless you have a coach, you listen to these podcasts and you learn these things. So let's lighten things up a bit. I thought of an analogy just to give you an idea of the role that a coach can play in the way your brain can work for you. I want to talk to you about cake and baking. I'm talking like beautiful wedding cake. Okay. You have the cake itself. Maybe, maybe it's droopy in the middle or not perfectly round, or maybe it is just perfectly round and, and great, but there it is. The base of all the layers, you know, is the cake. This represents for the sake of this metaphor, your brain. Okay. And I'll get back to that in a minute. I honestly, I really like a good plain, like yellow cake. Um, but if we want to take that cake to the next level, right, then we have frosting and yes, a cake without frosting is good, but a cake with frosting, especially cream cheese frosting, in my opinion (laughs) is better. Frosting represents the cognitive awareness thoughts about your thoughts, metacognition, whatever you wanna call that. It's the work we do to train and manage and guide our brains to actually get more out of them, to get the best results, to leave nothing to chance. Okay, so that's the frosting. A lot of people, metaphorically speaking, a lot of people apply frosting in a pretty sloppy way. They will dabble in a self-help book or read an occasional blog or magazine article, and they do work on their brains. But imagine taking a big scoop of frosting with your bare hands and just like slopping it around. I was going to say slobbing, like slapping and sloppy, like slobbing (laughs) the frosting around on your cake. And yeah, it's going to get the job done to an extent. I mean, it might not have as much frosting on every bite as other bites, but there'll be frosting on the cake. But as far as just really getting to that next level in our in our lives or with our cake baking, right? You really, what you need is tools. You need the angled spatula, you need a leveler and the little tourney table thing and all those tools to really take that cake to its full potential. So I think you can see the analogy here But our brains come with amazing things in and of themselves, but without the right tools, to be honest, and I've studied a lot about the human brain and the way we've evolved as a species and sort of our brain's programming. It is amazing, but... What's changed is the society that we live in and sort of our environment as a species in these last hundred, couple hundred years. And so a lot of times in the world that we live in today, those same great things about our brain, coping skills and mechanisms, survival things can often kind of turn against us if we don't have the right tools to kind of make it what we need to be. Let's go back to layering emotions. Now that we've talked cakes and given you a couple of examples, you might be wondering, okay, well, what can I do to stop these thought loops or these patterns of layering emotions? Maybe you've recognized a couple areas of your life where you do this, which for me, I usually know that I'm relating when I say things like, myself like, ugh, I need to be better about that. Or yes, I am the worst at that. So if those are your thoughts, listen up, because I'm going to teach you some awareness and some awesome cognitive skills that will change your life and just all of your interactions. And best part, the icing on the cake, no pun intended, <laughs> um, your relationship with yourself, which when it comes to postpartum thriving and avoiding depression and recovering from it, that. Inner relationship with yourself and your own brain is just everything. It's so big. Okay. The first thing I want to ask you though, real quick, before I teach you the three things is will you commit right now to never allowing your brain to chew you out in a disrespectful way? I want you to always be able to answer the question, would I talk to my best friend this way? If she did what I just did, would I chew her out for it like I am myself? And if the answer is no, then why are you the exception? Consider that because that's a big part of what I'm about to teach you. Also, will you commit to never storing negative emotions in your body? Let me explain what I mean really fast. That doesn't mean you don't feel negative emotions or have them or even hang on to them sometimes for a while, but find a way to Let it out by telling someone, even just having unfinished conversations is what I call them. Just like when no one's around, just talking it out. It's important that you, you open your mouth and you talk it out. You let the emotions up and out of you through your words. You know, maybe you're mad at your dad. Have a chat with him. Just you and your pretend dad. I know that sounds so strange, but it's such a great way to get the emotions up and out of our bodies or write it out in your journal. There are just so many autoimmune diseases and cancers and other things that in my opinion, and this is my podcast, so I get to put my opinion here, are in part created on that cellular level within our bodies because of the terrible, chronically negative emotional climate we give ourselves to live in, which honestly in a big way comes down to how we talk to ourselves, our relationship with ourselves. If that thought intrigues you, by the way, check the show notes. I put in a link to the book, Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die by Jan Truman, or just Google the branch of medicine that studies the relationship between your mental and emotional life and your immune system, which is (laughs) psychoneuroimmunology. And those will be in the show notes. Okay. So the three things I want to teach you first is awareness of mind, which is the basic one. Two is how to stop or break a thought loop which really we do by challenging our thoughts. And three, how to process emotions properly. This is a lot to cover. I'm just going to kind of skim over each of these because I could spend three different podcasts on them and I probably will in future, but for your purposes, you can get some immediate help on this right now. Let's talk about each one of these really quick. So first awareness of mind. I love teaching this skill. It's like opening the gate to the higher self. Awareness of your mental chatter is what will ultimately enable you to better align your actions with where you want to be, not where you keep ending up. So it's just so empowering. Um, the first and my favorite way to cultivate awareness of your inner talk is getting a diffuser and having a collection of oils. When you fill up your diffuser with water and choose which oils you're going to put in it, you're automatically in the act of doing that. You're thinking about how you're feeling, what your feelings are, which then gives you the opportunity to consider which thoughts got you there and what you've been thinking about. And even in conjunction with that, writing out your thoughts like a brain spill on paper, just writing it all out. Okay. Spring is a great time to cultivate awareness of mind. As I record this, we're in the middle of April, almost the middle of April. And just think of it as spring cleaning for your brain. You may not like what you find up there, just like you wouldn't like what you find in your attic possibly. But the only way to know what you need to do to move forward is to take full inventory of what you've got to work with, cobwebs and all. (laughs) What shape is your cake, right? In your brain. Okay. So go thought catching, go catch those thoughts. And when you catch yourself expressing feelings like I'm disappointed or I'm sad or whatever, what thought got you there?
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
0: keep from layering emotions and just have more control in your emotional life is breaking a thought loop. Because essentially layering emotion, we're kind of looping things on top of things, thoughts on top of thoughts, emotions on top of emotions, right? And so first the, the groundbreaking belief here that you need to have, if you're going to break a thought loop and really quit doing these things to yourself is you've got to accept that you are not your brain. Your brain is not you. That there's a distinct difference between the the lower brain and the higher self. I call it like the natural man versus the spirit. And yes, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about the relationship between all of that. But what you can believe is that you don't have to just take what your brain gives you. You can challenge thoughts. You can question thoughts. You can think about how you think and change thoughts. So. Then you need to understand neuropathways. A neuropathway is essentially your brain muscles. And when you think thoughts, um, neurons fire down neuropathways. And the thoughts you think a lot, those neuropathways are strong and because they're used a lot. And so just like um, any muscle in your body, when you're trying to change how you think thoughts, not only do you need to stop thinking the negative thoughts, but you need to strengthen strengthen some brand new thoughts and some new muscles. And this takes time, my friends. This really does. Just like learning how to kick a soccer ball a certain way takes time, right? Our muscles, t- there's a learning curve there, but repetition, continue to practice. Um, and I just want to say here that when it comes to practicing new thoughts, you don't just like Google some positive thoughts about self-image or whatever topic it is and and just throw down an affirmation and start saying it. If you don't believe it, you don't believe it. Just think of it as finding the right thought. It's kind of like trying on a pair of jeans. You just kind of have to try on a few pairs before you really know what fits. But when you find the one, the thought that that is your new thought, you will love it and your brain will believe it. It won't reject it and you'll love thinking it. Okay. And then the third skill you need to learn to stop layering emotion is how to actually process one emotion at a time and process your emotions. So there's so much I could say on this topic and I, I may decide to delve into future podcasts deeper with this. And by the way, you guys, if any three of these skills you want to know more about and you would really like me to do another podcast on, let me know um, because then I can get your feedback and this podcast is for you, my friends how to process an emotion. This first one I'm going to tell you is so not represented in like our school systems and our culture with parenting. And yet it is integral to having a healthy emotional life, emotional hygiene. (laughs) So first you just want to go into your body and feel the emotion, figure out where it is. Where's it emanating from? Is it swirling in your chest? Is it buzzing in your stomach? Is it, is it like twisting in your stomach? Is it pain at the back? You know, is it tense tightening at the back of your neck? So feel it in your body and then you don't want to fight it. And that's why I say feel it in your body first. Cause that really just allows you to explore it versus resist it. And I, I know this all sounds so weird and yet emotions are the driving force to all of our actions in our life you don't take an action without the emotion that brings it forth. The one exception being when we exercise willpower, but that always has a an expiration date. So it's worth taking the time and awkwardness to actually handle your emotions in a healthy way that will leave you in control in the, in the situation. One thing I like to think as I'm going into my body and exploring the emotion is I just like to think, okay, this is what annoyance feels like. Or this is what disappointment or frustration or loneliness feels like. And if you can say that and be with it, you know you're doing it right. With emotions, you can either react, avoid, resist, or allow. And reacting and avoiding resisting always give the emotion power over you. Allowing it places you in the position of power. Right? All right. So I hope that helps you. Actually, I know it will. And if you have any questions, as you start to play with these things in your life and start to carry them out and try them on, please come find me on Instagram at Liz Langston coaching. I'm very active on there. Um, and you can ask me your questions. I'd love to hear your feedback and always, I would appreciate you leaving me a review in iTunes. That would be awesome to help other moms find this work. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Happy thought catching. (laughs) Bye. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too. And if you're wanting to get more involved with these topics, you can join my Facebook group for even more discussion, fun, live Q and a sessions, getting to know other moms and wellness ideas. We're at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wake up your wellness. All one word. Be well, my friends, and I will see you there.